The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Good morning and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Wow, are we ready for you today? Susie and I spent most of this week working together at the North American Christian Conference, so we've been together all week. You're in trouble. We have so much material, we can hardly stand it. And we're going to talk, we're going to talk about one of the things that is near and dear to my heart, and that is all about this psychology involved in the grooming process. But before we get started, there's a unique phenomena, breaking news, as they say, because I want Susie to tell you all about Pokemon Go. Susie? Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm going to cover an article I found this week in Daily Mail. Um, There's lots of things going on with this. It seems to be the latest craves to take children, adults, and seemingly the world uh, by storm. But it appears that Pokemon Go, the app which allows players to fight digital monsters in the real world, is already prompting serious cause for concern. Pokemon Go, if you don't know this already, is a mobile game that encourages players to use their smartphone's GPS feature to catch virtual Pokemon characters in real-world locations. Players, known as Poketrainers, begin by choosing a starting character. They then travel between the real world and the virtual world of Pokemon to capture different creatures which hide in locations suited to their species. So if it's a water creature, the location could be somewhere near a, a water landmark. But one element of the game that parents need to be aware of sees users putting a lure on a certain area, which causes Pokemon to appear in that position, attracting gamers to the area. In the few days of being available for download, the game has already been linked to anecdotes of broken bones, dangerous driving, and other serious injuries as users follow the creatures across roads and fields with their eyes glued to their screens. But more concerning are the claims that the app could be used for something more sinister altogether, such as pedophiles using the lure element of the game to trap distracted children. Fearful of where this could lead, one woman carried out an experiment which saw her post a lure to see how many people turned up. Within moments, several children had arrived at the chosen location, most without parents, having ignored their usual stranger danger radar in pursuit of the monster. And just four days after the U.S. release, four teenagers were charged with first-degree robbery and armed criminal action for allegedly using the game to commit robberies in Missouri. Using the geolocation feature, the robbers were able to anticipate the location and level of seclusion of unwitting victims. So bottom line, Parents, you need to be aware that Pokemon Go is intended to be a social game, and as we all know, predators will exploit these features. So, Susie, if uh, anyone wants to call in and talk about any experience on that, what number would they call? Uh, Callers need to call in at 1-866-472-5788. So, let me talk about some of this, because... 
This is, this is really, in my opinion, an exciting time to be alive. It's also a terrifying time to be alive for a parent. You talk about parenting cha- uh, challenges these days. I want you to look at that particular app. Now, first of all, I'm going to tell you, technology is not good or bad, and it is here to stay. Many of you who have heard me speak in person know that it's a unique time in history that we're living in. I mean, we truly are the pioneers. Your kids are the pioneers of technology, and you're the parents and grandparents of those kids. Never before in history have kids had so much access to total strangers completely around the world. In fact, they're expecting the entire world to be connected by Internet by 2020. So that means this particular generation has more opportunity, but they also have more responsibility. We're just starting to see how all this technology is going to develop and what it will mean, and we must get involved as parents because our kids are going to learn through gaming. And, you know, gaming has some really good points to it, hand-eye coordination, uh, uh, strategy, fast decision-making. Our world changed right before our eyes in the last five years. So how do we prepare our kids for this world? And how do we protect them from being violated if they make a bad decision? And quite frankly, some of the smartest kids are going to make a bad decision. You see, the very nature of technology works because people are curious. It also works because they develop a fantasy and it, they're alternating. And we're going to go deep into that concept today. Did you notice when Susie said that and told you about that case, it would alternate between the real world and the virtual world? And that is what happens in gaming. Now, that's kind of fun. It has some really good attributes. But how do we teach our children to be able to make strong moral decisions between the real world and a world where there are no consequences, a virtual world? And quite frankly, I've done quite a study on this, as many of you know. Um, I did a survey, actually, at a couple of churches, and it was really fascinating to me because most of the kids will tell you what they do on the Internet doesn't count for morality because it's not real. In fact, in a couple of churches, they've told me that sin, one-fourth of the kids told me that sin on the Internet is not sin. That's why in my book, Seduce, The Grooming of America's Teenagers, which, by the way, you can order on Million Kids, that's M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org, but in Seduce, there is a chapter called Digital Morality, because think about what is going on in this game. I mean, they're just having a great time, and the technology sounds like a lot of fun. Quite frankly, I'm ready to download the app and try it out, because I don't want to miss out. You talk about a lot of fun, being able to to uh, chase things around and, you know, compete and meet up with friends and like that, but you're also meeting up with strangers. That technology is based on GPS, and it is developed by Google. And Google, of course, is using, you know, the information of where you're at on your GPS and selling it to marketers. I find it fascinating. They're driving you into stores and to locations, and you talk about a marketing device. So as I analyze the technology of this, I realize that when you have any technology that's based on GPS – and you are tying it to a child, what you're doing is broadcasting out where a child is at. 
and also being able to lure, as Susie talked about, lure a child to a particular location. So, you know, let your mind run wild with the possibilities of that. So I look at this and I say, this is just one more of where we're headed. This, this is a unique phenomenon to us. When we were at NACC yesterday and again today, if you're in the Anaheim area, come on down. It's at the North America Christian Conference in the, at the Anaheim Convention Center. We're in Booth 10, and we're there with Rafa House. If you want to go on to the millionkids.org uh, Facebook or the website, actually it's on the Facebook, Million Kids Facebook, you'll see all about NACC. But it was the talk of NACC yesterday about you know all the kids that are doing it. Well, this technology is being used right now as this phenomena, but Susie and I were talking this very same technology be, could replace Backpage in in literally setting up fantasy parties where you connect with uh, various sexual acts, connect with, um, you could have LBGT parties with it, you could have uh, prostitution uh, hookups with it. Uh, this technology can develop into a lot of different things. So kind of stay tuned. What we want you to know is this technology affects your child. And on the one hand, while it might be a lot of fun, you need to know where your child's going. Because you see, your child lets go of all, as they say, stranger danger. They let go of all morality in a thing like that. It's the pursuit of of finding it, getting the points, winning the game. Many pedophiles create games where you get points, actually, for the number of photographs that you've submitted. If you've followed me and kids on Facebook, you will see predators will set up games where you get points for the number of naked photos you submit. Here's my point. It's a changing world out there, and we have to stop and take a look at it. My other point on this is she was reading this from the Daily Mail. That is a U.K. Uh, newspaper. But this is a global phenomena, and, and that means that predators all around the world can use it to access kids, and that we need to start to educate kids all around the world and their parents about how this works. So we're going to encourage you to call in today. Um, as Susie said, our call-in number is 866-472-5788. If you've had a child that has been lured in or at least approached by somebody online uh, or someone at school that, that you think could be in a situation here where they're in trouble, we'd like you to call in and maybe discuss it and share it with us. I have three cases here that I'm going to analyze as we go into the break. We're going to take a a strong look at that so that you understand the psychology involved, especially in the process of grooming. You see, this Pokemon Go is perfect for grooming because you're getting repeated behavior, behavior that you want from a child to get them to respond over and over. And they drop all their distrust because they're in pursuit of a game. And that is how video game uh, chat rooms work, by the way, is that, and it isn't usually a one-time kind of thing. Predators almost never just have one victim. They have multiple victims. Predators who specialize in child pornography and getting a naked photo from a child often will have as many as a half a million photos of a huge number of children. So this is just one technology that will lure them in, and it's connected to fantasy and competition. 
think about competition. Competition means that you're seeking approval. You want to win. You want to be the best. You want somebody to acknowledge how good you're doing. So you have literally a grooming incubator, the same as you have on a video game. You get in there. You're dealing with a uh, an avatar, which is an alternative image, an alternative character that you're living vicariously through, and you're competing in a world of fantasy. Remember what Susie said, they're going back and forth between real world and fantasy. That's what you do in a video game. You're competing in that, they add a little sex into it, and then they give you a whole chat room. And you'll see in several of these cases that we work with that the recruitment doesn't take place in 30 seconds or even a day. Many of these situations have been going on for weeks and weeks and months and months as they build that rapport. So your your Pokemon Go can lead your child to meeting a new friend that doesn't look harmful at first. But if that friendship continues in chat rooms or going on in a relationship online, and most of the time, one of the keys is secrecy. Don't tell anybody this is between you and I. And it's all about creating a fantasy with your child. So stay tuned with us. Come on back here. We're against a hard break. And we're going to talk about a case of a girl who was lured in by her boyfriend. She's 17 and she ended up being trafficked. So hang in there with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, 
back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back again. I want to look at a case here, uh, the headline on it. This is a case that was printed in Seventeen Magazine, magazine for young girls. The headline is, I was 17 when my boyfriend sold me for sex. Now, these articles are all on the Me and Kids webpage. If you go onto the meandkids.org webpage, you can go on to online training. That would be a great exercise for you to do anyway if you want to get further training. One of the purposes of this show is to train first responders and people that are uh, professionally involved in combating trafficking, which uh, is what I do during throughout the week when I'm not doing this radio show. But it's also for like pastors and youth group workers, uh, individuals, parents, grandparents, anybody who wants to stop trafficking. A lot of this, this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Most of you know I wrote a book called Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. I never thought I'd write a book. It wasn't something I ever intended to do, but this kid at Pomona High School made me mad one day, and I went home and I wrote a book. And I always say God wrote the book and I typed the book because we did it in three weeks. But I sat down and wrote everything I know about the psychology of grooming. And the reason I am so passionate about this radio show, and I'm very, very grateful for every one of you that either listen to it live or listen to the archived version. By the way, you can archive this show yourself on your church website. And uh, just let us know that you're doing it and educate all your members and drive your members to your website and get them educated. The reason I want you to do this is because most people don't understand the psychology of grooming. So let me walk you through this story. Now, this story is a little bit unique in that she was trafficked only one time with her boyfriend. So he was not what we would think of as a gorilla pimp, or or he was obviously a Romeo pimp, but he wasn't uh, a very strong gang kind of pimp. Uh, quite frankly, in some of the cases I'm going to look at later, she's lucky she got out when she did. But it is important to hear these survivor stories. This girl's name is Rachel, and I appreciate her coming forward and sharing her experience. It's helpful for her and her growth, but it's helpful for all of us so that we can say never again should this ever happen to another human being, which is why I'm sure Rachel did this. So Rachel tells us that she was a fun-loving kid. She did well in school. She played track, basketball. She took swimming, and she was pretty popular. She's 17. This is often the case. Susie and I will both tell you, when you look at our cases on Million Kids' Facebook page, you will see so many of these kids are really great kids. These are kids who never, ever once thought in their wildest dream they would end up being prostituted. So how do you get a regular kid who's 17, who does well in school, and get her trapped into prostitution. Well, so what happened to her is her family moved from um, somewhere in the Midwest. I forgot what she said. She said that uh, she she was a regular kid. She um, did the normal stuff, but then her family moved her down to Florida, I think it was. No, she was in Georgia or South Carolina somewhere. And um, what happened is her family moved her. And so... She was isolated. She felt alone. Now, right there, parents, take a look at that. If you have a catastrophic event, which 
that is considered a catastrophic event to a 17-year-old. She, she's completely away from the school that she's been in most of her life. But that can happen if you have a divorce in the family. You know, if you have a death in the family, a severe illness, uh, a mental illness, uh, any kind of tragedy that is going on in the family will throw a teenager off. This is often called the event years. It's usually around 12, 13, 14, but it can extend on out because this is when a person is getting their identity. So at one of the most vulnerable times in her life, she's now alone. So she didn't know how to fit in the school, so she turns to an online media and she starts playing on the internet. Now, she meets a guy which she calls her boyfriend, and that is very, very typical. And she says, at first, it was nothing serious. That also is typical parents, just a friend. They bonded over common interests like hip-hop music, and they both liked Jay-Z. He was easy to talk to. He understood my feelings. He was a good listener. Now, I want you to get the impact of those simple little statements that this lady's making, and I very much appreciate her honesty and her sharing her story, because this is how it begins. One of the big things is he understands my feelings. You see, when you're going through puberty, now she's a little past that, but she's isolated, you think to yourself, nobody really understands me. My, you start to split off from your family emotionally, and that is the natural order of things, because you're becoming independent. You are trying to find out who you are. You're trying to get your sexual identity. You're trying to figure out if you're cute, if you're attractive, if people like you, if you know how to interact well, if you're funny, if you're serious, if you're smart. You're balancing your interaction based on feedback from other people. And here he is. She's a sitting duck because she's isolated. He understood her feelings. He was easy to talk to. So she began to share her most intimate thoughts with a total stranger. Now, she knew he was 30 and she's 17, but, you know, that made her feel special and comfortable. It felt just right. Wow, are those powerful words. Think about this. What predators do is create a fantasy. And what they do is they just give you a little bit of information. And here, we talked about this last week, and I want to reiterate it for new people that might be joining us. What happens with a predator is they give you a little bit of information, and you make up the rest. And that is so important to understand in combating human trafficking. Because here he is. He's filling in her blanks, and she's creating this entire scenario in her mind. He probably doesn't even have a full image of what she's saying, but she's sharing intimate details with him. This is really, really important because all the time that you're making up a fantasy, you become passionate, obsessed with making your fantasy come true, and that is called grooming. And it's very important for parents to understand that when this is taking place, that you are not combating the predator. You're not even in conflict with her. You're in conflict with the fantasy that she is obsessed with and is going to hold on to at all costs. And so nothing there is logical. And so you start, you know, talking with her, saying you're grounded, I don't like the guy you're talking to, you're spending four hours a night on the on the internet with this guy, I don't feel good about it. You know, you're judging her behavior, but you are in conflict with her fantasy. Do you get it? 
Do you understand how important that is in the fight against human trafficking? This article goes on here. Uh, by the way, when you have a fantasy, you because it's yours, you can feel superior. You can feel powerful. You can feel all knowledgeable. You can feel like you're in control because you are. It's your fantasy. Nobody else can see it. So that has a power unto it. So next thing she tells us is they talk for a few months. I want you to hear that loud and clear. Parents sometimes have a very short attention span, especially after the kids 13, 14, 15, and they've had 15 years of trying to negotiate here. They have a tendency to think, okay, a couple days, it's over. I think she's doing better now. And they don't understand these predators are patient. And this conversation went on for months, for months. Then one day he said to her, hey, let's meet up. How about we go to South Beach, Florida for more Memorial Day weekend? I need to find out what state she's in, but I think it's like South Carolina. Oh, she's in Georgia. She's in Georgia. And so he's saying, let's go from Georgia to Florida. And, you know, hey, that sounds kind of cool. I'm 17. I'm almost an adult. I got a boyfriend. I've talked to him for months. I know I can trust him. Hey, you know, maybe let's do this. So she's, he's saying, hey, I'll pay for everything. Red flag. Red flag right there. And she's not going to be able to talk about it to anybody. Red flag right there. But, you know, it's her secret, her fantasy, and it's between the two of them. So she's all empowered. And so he says, come on, I'll pick you up at 3 a.m. in the morning while your mother's sleeping. Now, as an parent, you go, what? (laughs) 3 a.m.? Would that not be a warning flag to anybody? Well, not if you're living in a fantasy world. Not if you're playing Pokemon Go, by the way. (laughs) I I hate to even think about that thought. A number of kids who might be sneaking out in the middle of the night to get their Pokemon Go. But 3 a.m., and this very intelligent teenager, who would normally never do anything crazy like that, did it. She snuck out, and she got in that car with her boyfriend. Now, he's cool. He's laid back. What's up, he says. I felt relaxed, she says. He popped the trunk. He put my bag in the car. I got into the car. Are you ready to go to South Beach? Yeah, I've always wanted to go to South Beach. I'd seen it on TV, never been there. We are off on an adventure. Never once did this girl think of herself as about to become a sex trafficking victim. But then they stopped and they picked up another guy and another girl at the Greyhound Bus Depot. Hello. (laughs) No offense to buses, but, you know, it's 3 a.m. and you're picking up strangers at the Greyhound Bus Depot. Now, one of the things that's very subtle in this story, but because I'm always looking, and those of you who know me, I analyze all these cases from the standpoint of the victim, the predator, and law enforcement. The first thing you pick up in the story is the other girl's in the front seat, and she's in the back seat with a strange guy. Hello, that's a big red flag. When do I get out of the car? I don't know these people. And how does he know that? Well, later it comes out that the girl they picked up is really a bottom girl. This is a girl who is used to recruit other girls. And in fact, that's what's happened. On top of it, it's this guy's ex-girlfriend. And now she's in the front seat and the girl, our victim, is in the back seat. With total strangers. And as I'm reading this, she said, at one point I woke up and heard my boyfriend and the girl whispering in the front seat. 
I noticed I, when, when they noticed I was awake, the girl started talking to her, but I got a weird vibe from this girl. I want you to hear this. Here she is, probably by this time, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., on her way to Florida, three total strangers, one of them's 30 years old, and she finally says, for the first time it hit me, I am going out of state, out of state with near strangers, and I might not come back. Stay with us. We're going to keep on with this story because there is much to learn. We're up against a hard break, so we'll see you in a minute or two, and we'll continue on. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, thanks for staying with us. Uh, We are in the process of analyzing a case that is in Seventeen Magazine with a a young survivor who wrote her story. Her name is Rachel, very brave young lady. I very much appreciate her writing this story for Seventeen Magazine. And I appreciate Seventeen Magazine printing it and sharing it with everybody. The headline on the story, if you want to go to uh, exploitedcrimes.com or 
on the website at millionkids.org, you can go into the training section and you'll see all of these stories on there. Uh, And by the way, we post these kinds of stories about every three or four hours on Million Kids Facebook. If you're new to us, that is called Million Kids because over one million kids are trafficked each year throughout the world. It's about 1.3 million that we know of. The headline here is, I was 17 when my boyfriend sold me for sex. And it is all about a girl who uh, was somewhat isolated because her family had moved from Georgia to Florida. And she had a boyfriend on the internet that she'd talked to for months. And now she sneaks out at three in the morning and gets in the car with him and they go to Florida and they pick up another girl and a guy. And that's where we left it. So I want to pick up on this and keep going because there is so much to learn. The, the headline for this week's show is When Fantasy Turns to Nightmare. And I thought this story was absolutely appropriate for that because this is exactly what happens to our teenagers who end up in prostitution when they never, ever once thought of themselves as being a victim of sex trafficking or being sold as a prostitute. As we talked about, this girl's a smart girl. She was active. She was uh, athletic. She was smart. She had good grades. So now she's in a car. at three, well, It's probably about five by now. They're on their way to Florida. And they picked up another girl, another guy, and she's with her boyfriend that she had talked to for months on the Internet. He's 30. So she's saying once she got to Florida, now I'm going to tell you this is not your average pimp, this boyfriend, this 30-year-old boyfriend. He's, he's not all that good at it, thank God for her. Uh, because as you read various of these cases, you'll find that his behavior was really quite lenient compared to most pimps. And I would guarantee you that this guy never thought him of himself as a pimp. But he is, in fact, engaged in pimping activity and with a little luck. Now, law enforcement was not notified on this. And so there is not a case for that pimp to be charged. But if they had notified law enforcement, this guy could easily be looking at 15 years and maybe more, depending on the charges. But they didn't notify law enforcement. So what happens is she gets to Florida and she calls her mom. Now it's like 6 a.m., maybe 7 a.m. Hey, mom, I'm in Florida with my friends, she says. Now, the girl is 17. This would be a lot different if the girl was 14 or 15. She's probably near graduating, and so the mother maybe is a little more lenient. I'm kind of surprised at her mother's reaction. She said that um, her mother said she couldn't. How would you get to Florida, she says. But she didn't seem all that upset because the girl's telling her she's with friends. Now, stop a minute. And think about the psychological impact on fantasy turning to nightmare on grooming. This girl just lied to her mother. She's with friends. She doesn't know these people from Adam. She's in a car, 6 a.m. in another state with people she knows nothing about. So you see the power of fantasy? Even when she had a chance to say, oh, mom, because just before that, she had said, it hit me. Oh, my God, I'm going out of state with near strangers. But she still, that power of that fantasy says, keep going, keep going. This is mine. This is my boyfriend, and I'm not going to give it up. So she kind of fibs to her mom and dad. That's really, really important to understand the process of this because she's protecting her fantasy. Well, they got to the motel or the hotel and the boyfriend left her with this woman in the front seat of the car who she later figured out was his ex-girlfriend. 
That ought to be a red flag right there. So the girlfriend says, hey, let's walk around on the beach, you know, have kind of a cool weekend like that. Well, so they started going around and going to clubs, but the girl's only 17, so she can't get into the clubs. So they'd walk around and they'd flirt with all the guys. Now I want you to think about, you know, spring break. Uh, This isn't probably spring break, but it is, in fact, a bunch of people who are hanging out and they let their guard down. They do not have the same moral values. They are feeling free and experimental. So they began to walk around and the girl she's with starts taking numbers. And and they and she has them put the number in this girl's cell phone. She's setting her up for dates as a prostitute. Now this girl's naive. She's hanging back, and the other girl's doing the negotiating on there. But I want you to hear one of the lines that they said. She said, "One guy complimented me on my eyes." Now, I want you to hear me loud and clear on that. I've done a lot of studying of pimping, way too much. I have a very tolerant husband, and I'll tell you, it makes me want to vomit some days when I'm doing that research. But I do that research because we must educate people, and we must educate our kids. Here's what happens. That is a very common line for a pimp tryout. A pimp will walk up to a girl at a mall or at a beach or anywhere, and one of the first things they'll say is, Oh, you have beautiful eyes. Sometimes they'll say you have beautiful hair or stuff like that, but it's usually the eyes. And they will watch her, and if she looks down, they'll say to themselves, this girl does not have strong confidence, and I can get her. It may take me several days of wearing her down, but I can get her. And that is a, a, an indication. You see, pimping is not about sex. It is psychopathic. Sometimes it's uh, uh, sociopathic. Psychopathic, basically, you're born with it. Sociopathic, you kind of develop it. And, you know, for me, I don't care. I don't need a legal definition. This is very narcissistic and it's sociopathic behavior about taking control of another human being's mind to be able to have personal gain and domination. And so they all compliment their eyes to see how strong they are. One of the lessons to that, Mom, I want you to teach your child that they are so good, so worth enough, that they are a chosen child of God, that they can look these guys in the eye and say, you're not getting me. I am not your fool. I am not standing for this stuff. You're getting somebody else. Look them right in the eye and tell them to buzz off or some other less Christian term. I don't care. But that is a test of their confidence, and they did that. This girl was outraged when she found out that the other girl was setting her up with these phone numbers. She's going, what are you doing? She knows I have a boyfriend. You see, this girl is literally like a fly on honey. She hasn't figured out yet that the girl is a bottom girl. Pimps will use another girl. At least 60% of our cases involve another girl. I work, if you don't know, with the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. And I train all over Southern California. I actually train all over the United States, but heavily in Southern California. And in most of those cases, 60% of the time, they'll use another girl. And that's what this guy was doing. And so what will happen here is this girl hasn't figured out that she is being set up to become a victim of prostitution. Well, she asked her, when are we going back to the hotel? And she reassured, no, everything's cool, it's cool. Then she calls the guy, and I'm talking about the bottom girl. The bottom girl calls these guys on these numbers, 
and she took this girl to another hotel, telling me, just follow her, not to say anything. When she got to the room, now I'm going to tell you that nothing here says this, nothing. But this, this story kind of indicates to me this girl might be a virgin. Maybe not, maybe so, I don't know. But she did not seem like she had a lot of sexual experience. And she's just walked into a room where there are four guys there in one room. I got a really bad vibe and I tried to leave. Think about the power of that. She's seen these guys before. The other girl took their numbers and exchanged it. Now four guys in a room and you all of a sudden realize you're the one and it must have been terrifying but they wouldn't let her leave she had walked right into their trap and she had done it by building a fantasy and then leading her along with that fantasy until at one moment she's standing there and cannot get away that is when fantasy turns to nightmare and that is the psychology of grooming well, fortunately for, for you and I, this girl does not get into details, and I'm grateful for that. Too many survivors feel the need to share all the intimate details. We don't need that to understand this is horrible exploitation for this beautiful young girl who never, ever meant to go down this path, and I applaud her for being willing to share it. But it obviously sounds like a gang rape took place. And that is how it often happens in there. She, she said, don't leave me here. Please don't leave me here. And the girl was so aggressive. Just the way she looked at me was threatening. You better not do anything or say anything unless I tell you to. And that is exactly how it happens. That girl turned on her in a heartbeat. All she, the girl, our victim, kept saying, all I kept thinking was no one knew I was there. And anything could happen to me, and it did. She started ordering me around and made me do sexual things with men that nobody should ever have to do. I'm going to get a little hard on you guys as an audience, but there are times we need to do this in this subject. When you get engaged in something like this, this is not making love. And you men out there need to understand that to accommodate your fetishes means to greatly exploit a young person in this kind of environment. This is absolutely brutal, and it is devastating in this case to this girl's self-image, to her sexual identity, let alone the fact that she's just now been raped in a set-up rape by another woman a woman that she trusted. Do you get the psychological impact of that? She blames herself because she got in that car. She followed her fantasy. She still to this point has not figured out that her boyfriend's behind it. She's still thinking that it's just the girl who set her up. She's still trusting the predator as she gets in this. She said as she left the hotel, she was absolutely numb, and the other girl walked off to make more money. We're going to stay on this story. We're up against a hard break, so be right back with you. Stay. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, welcome back. We're in the process of analyzing a a case that is on the Exploited Crimes website. It's exploitedcrimes.com. And by the way, there is a call-in number on there at 866-472-5788. Uh, For those of you that are listening live, we also have a huge audience that is overseas and uh, those that listen and archived on these shows uh, so that a lot of people aren't available at the time this show uh, airs. So you can also see them archived at Exploited Crimes and also at Me and Kids. We're analyzing a case of a girl who snuck out of her bedroom. She had met a guy on the Internet, and now she's gone from Georgia to Florida Nobody knew that she was there. She met up with this woman uh, that they picked up who turns out to be in collusion with the guy that she met. The woman went out, gave out her phone number uh, to a bunch of people, lined her up in a motel, and she walked in, and there were four men waiting for her. And it sounds as if she was gang-raped for profit to the girl. And as you might imagine, she her life has just changed dramatically in this case. She said, I was absolutely numb as she left the hotel. Now, this is traumatic beyond the ability for verbal words to explain. There are many levels of emotion going on here, and the greatest emotion here is shame. Because think about this. One of the reasons why shame is so great in sex trafficking is they get the victim to cooperate. They groom that victim for sometimes weeks and months. Sometimes it's only days. In this case, it went on for months. And so the girl willingly got in a car and she's saying she's blaming herself. And there is a very short distance between sex and the soul. Out of all the bodily functions that we do, most of them do not give us great shame. 
But when you're engaged in a sexual encounter that is exploitive in nature, it absolutely sears on the soul for the rest of your life. And it creates levels of trauma that you will deal with the rest of your life. It can also throw a person into PTSD. And this girl literally was numb. Now, she still has not connected that her boyfriend is behind this. She was still in love with this boyfriend, which is almost always the case. Because of months of grooming, it's almost virtually impossible to work your way through the reality of the decisions you made and your responsibility in those decisions and the fact that he lured you. And this is the reason why immediately, parents, if you see a child starting to develop a wedge between you and them and and another person, especially a boyfriend, get that child into counseling because you're going to be the bad guy and you are arguing with her fantasy. When this goes wrong, you have multiple layers because now that pimp will blame her and she blames her and she takes all the responsibility for it without being able to work through the fact that she absolutely was trapped, that she was exploited and that she was groomed by a fantasy. And it's very important. In my book, Seduce, The Grooming of America's Teenagers, We talk about that a lot, and we talk about the different methods because this takes place in all different kinds of scenarios. In this case, there was one encounter, and she was able to escape. But in most encounters, it doesn't work that way. So it's important for parents to understand the strategy on here. So what happens? She thinks now it's just the girl, you know. So what does she do? The girl went off, the bottom girl went off to make more money. And she said, I had a desperate frame of mind to find my boyfriend so that he can help me. Get it? The boyfriend's still the good guy. The way that you work through fantasy is to start to ask yourself real questions and start to ask your child real questions if you see them getting in there. And not in a defensive maid. If you get defensive, you lost. Absolutely lost. You're arguing with a fantasy. You cannot argue with a fantasy and be defensive. What do you know about the guy? You know, hey, tell me all about him. If this is your guy, let me know about him. You know, does he have a job? What's he do? You know, has he had other girlfriends? Has he ever been married? How many children? What do you know? Let Can I get to know him? I mean, if this is a guy you're really proud of, I'm going to be his mother-in-law. Yeah, I want to know him and be inclusive. And start to walk through and help your child sort through and chip away at that fantasy. If you take an axe to a fantasy, it's like hitting a rock with an axe. It isn't going to happen and you become the bad guy. You have to help them begin to work through their fantasy. So she goes back to the boyfriend and the boyfriend was there and she started crying and crying. After all, she had just been gang raped and been set up by his ex-girlfriend. Talk about betrayal, she feels. So she thinks her knight in shining armor is going to help her. In fact, she says, I was so afraid he'd be mad at me and he wouldn't believe me. Do you see the level of grooming this man has placed on her? First of all, he's 30, she's 17. He's much more mature, and he knows how to do this. She was afraid he'd be mad at her. Well, he finally, I finally admitted that his ex forced me into having sex with another man in a hotel room. I'm scared, and I want to go home, I told him. 
He held me and said he couldn't believe it. He told me she was crazy, money-hungry, and a little off, and because she was on pills. Now, I want to take a stop here. This tells me this guy is not a professional pimp, because her odds of this happening are like 2% of the real world. In the real world, that guy would have stopped her and said, you little, mm, okay, beep, (laughs) bleep, (laughs) you little... Get back out there and get me some money. And I don't want you to come in till you make 800 bucks. That's what a real pimp would have done. So this tells me this guy wasn't a hardcore real pimp. And the fact that it only happened one time also tells me that. But he did take it that far and he did ruin her life. Well, when is it, when is X made her way back to the hotel. When the girlfriend came back to the hotel, the boyfriend left this girl alone, and she heard him talking in the hallway about how to split the money that the girlfriend had made off of her. New levels of betrayal. New levels of shame. You see, shame is not about, uh, uh, shame is not like guilt. Guilt is, I've made a mistake. I've done something wrong. Shame is, I am wrong. And she's got levels of guilt for participation and levels of shame. She's just realized that this boyfriend is not a boyfriend, that he was in on it all the time. That he heard the boy, she heard the boyfriend say, where's all the money? I know you made more than that. So the boyfriend's really a lousy pimp because he's arguing with the bottom girl to get his money back. Most pimps would just simply slap the, the bottom girl and say, you're not keeping my money bleep. Give me that money and get back out there and earn more. That's how pimping works. But in this case, this guy isn't a strong pimp. They argued over the money, and he said he accused her of lying and how much she had made so she could keep more for herself. The girl said, as I sat on the bed crying and watching them argue, I clearly saw they planned this, and I felt so ashamed. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing your story and being honest so the rest of us can learn about this. The story goes on that she went back home and that she worked through it and that she's now a speaker as a survivor. But think about this. She had been totally traumatized and she could not tell a soul. In fact, the story goes on to say that she kept the story to herself for I think it was a year or two. Something like that, yes, when she was 20, so almost three years, she never told. That trauma built up in her that will cause her to make more and more bad decisions. So I really hope that it, that you may consider buying the book Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers. You can buy that at millionkids.org. You can also buy it at Amazon. It's a five-star book on Amazon, and I so appreciate their support. But if you buy it from Million Kids, you help us combat trafficking. I hope that analyzing this story will help you in understanding the deep-seated layers where what actually happens emotionally that gets a person to come forward and cooperate with a predator. And shaming them isn't going to help because they're already in shame. So I want you, I hope that you will follow us on on, uh, Facebook. I hope that you will write in to us, especially you folks that are overseas. We are going to go into starting Million Kids Global. We have a good population of people following us out of Europe, out of Canada, out of Japan and China. 
And so we want you to come forward. We want you to send us on Facebook, go on Million Kids Facebook, and tell us who you are and what you're seeing. We also hope that you will share this with other people, that you might archive it on your, on your church website, on your organization website. Write in and let us know you are, who you are. So thanks for joining with us this week. We really, really appreciate your support. We want to know more about you. And we'd ask you to come forward, get acquainted with us, and we will see you next week. This is Opal Singleton and Susie Carpenter at Voices of, excuse me, Voice of America Variety Channel. And this is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.